Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is January the 18th, 2020. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture. Deferral of gratification, conviction, golden age, baby. Relentless, strive for greatness. All right, hello, my elite friends. How you doing tonight? It's Saturday night. All right, I'm in El Paso. Check out Friday's This Week in Bitcoin show. Link to below. Gabriel from Venezuela was talking about what's really going on in Venezuela. B Gold Ed was on. Hasma Cook was on from Australia. It was really good. Really some original stuff. Best guest in the freaking space. Uh, Gabriel, uh, that was some wild stuff. So check it out. I will be in Las Vegas February 22nd for Tone Vases Unconfiscatable. I'll be hanging out there if anyone's going to go. Be there also. I'm only going to be there that one day. Coming in from L.A., then going right straight back to L.A. But I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tone in person again and uh, meeting Juan Galt in person and uh, seeing some of the other guys that I've, I've obviously met before. It's going to be a it'll, – it'll be a fun time. And so maybe I'll meet some of you there too. I'm no fan of Las Vegas, so I can only stay a day. I, less than a day. Okay, if you've got questions, type in Bitcoin Meister. I will see them. Or you can do a super chat. I will answer them. Remember, this is the Beyond Bitcoin show. So we're not going to talk about you fiat freaks are going crazy this evening, aren't you? Uh, Bitcoin hit a nice round number from what I can see. But hey, man, it's it's all expected. The run up to the halving. Has it started? Uh, is it 2016 all over again? Yeah, it is going to be 2016 all over again. I, I'm pretty sure. But let's go. Let's go beyond Bitcoin. Let's talk about fasting. I've got a tip. For all of you people who are trying intermittent fasting, those of you who are trying to get in uh, 16 hours of fasting in a day or maybe 18 hours, maybe 20, maybe even 14, you're trying to – But this, so some people have problems. They start to feel hungry when they're getting toward their, uh, their goal, okay? This is what you got to convince yourself of. You got to think to yourself, is there something that you do every day? Is there something that you do every day? Like uh, make lunch for your kids. Uh, take a cold shower, uh, just just anything, anything that you do every day. You've got to go get it through, checking your email at a certain time. You've got to convince yourself. I am, I must, if I do those things, I can only do those things before I eat. I can only do those things before I eat. I can't eat unless I do those things. Or that thing, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe it's just one thing that you're going to pick. But I'm sure there is something that you do every single day. For me, it's I, I have to work out. If I if I haven't done my workouts, uh, I, then I cannot eat. So I must complete the workouts before I can eat. So it's something that will delay it a little bit. It's something uh, that, that, that will extend your fast, maybe just take you to the next level. It also will distract you a little bit. Uh, and it will get you into that pattern, that system mentality, because the intermittent fasting, it isn't it's just not it's not like a one hit wonder type of thing. you got to incorporate it to like an everyday thing for it to actually work. You can't like fast 16 hours one day 
and then do it again another month. It, it's really not going to make a difference. The intermittent fasting is something that you do every day or most days. I have done it every single day since 2013, um, at least 20 hours. And I, actually since 2015, it's been 22 hours every single day. All right. But we've, we've been through that before. Pound that like button, my elite friends. Um, let me see one thing. Okay. Very good. God, I can't see this darn. It's uh, got a weird setup today. All right. Continuing. Continuing on. Um, what's it say? Strive for greatness. What is this all about? Okay. Yes. Every, this is a tweet from a, uh, some dude. It's accrual. Accrual. Every time I read one of those fancy charts about how much the world has improved during the last few decades, what I hear is don't complain, just settle. Isn't all this not about whether we are well off, but whether we can be even better? Yes, dude, it is about striving for greatness. Those charts that show that these last few decades, things have been improving greatly, that's great, but we can do better. This is the golden age. We're going to beat those other decades. So maybe some people, maybe you do get that feeling that people are settling like, oh, yeah, we've improved. That's it. We've hit our goals. No, 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 no. We've improved. And, and it has been the last few decades have been great. And we should be really happy to be alive during this time period, you know, compared to our ancestors that were in, living in the 1800s and everything. But no, we can do better. They should be inspiration these last two decades that this decade is going to be in better. We got to beat it. You got to keep on beating your, your personal record, right? You got to keep on striving for greatness. Uh, it, it's never done. It's never done. All right. So here's something from the future is here category that technology allows us to do. Uh, right now, the number of Americans working from home full time has nearly tripled over the past 20 years. And the trend is accelerating. So 3% of Americans say they work from home now. And technology allows us all to work from home right now. I, I, I Even if you work for a company, they should be allowing you to work from home. I mean, uh, I, I obviously work from home. I don't go into any office. I work for myself. So let that be inspiration. Sure, these uh, we've tripled the amount of people working from home. But we could do better than this. We could definitely do better than three percent. Come on, enter, enter the uh, the Bitcoin overlay, dudes. You don't need to fit in and go to an office and, and be in that environment. Try to be original. Start your own business or ask your business. Hey, man, I I, I want to work from home. Or say, can I work from home like once a week? I mean, take, computers let you do everything. The internet lets you do everything from home, man. Governments there shouldn't even be government offices. There shouldn't be any government jobs. First of all. But if they're going to have government jobs, they should let them all work from home and just give them government computers. Not that they work very much anyway. Okay. I, I've mentioned that all on uh, past shows. All right. Again, if you've got questions, I got answers. Type in Bitcoin Meister in the chat or do a super chat. So I've got some fake news predictions here. Uh, one fake news prediction for this uh, coming uh, Martin Luther King Day is on Monday here in America, a lot of people are, are off of work. Or government workers are, are, are definitely off of work. But here, here's a prediction. I think some of the mainstream media, maybe you know the CNN types, they will come up with a Trump is racist story on uh, MLK Day. Somehow, somehow, may, maybe something he said about MLK. Who knows? Something will be conjured up about Trump 
in terms of race by a, a major media, mainstream media publication on MLK Day, just because they can do it. Uh, they, they feel it's the, the appropriate time to do such a thing. That's my that's my fake news prediction. And it won't be it, it'll be a totally illegitimate story too. like stress. I don't know, stretching something out. It, it does. It, it's totally ridiculous, but but predictable. OK, moving on. Here is a uh, venture capitalists uh, are considered pretty evil dudes. And uh, they one reason is that some of them are not politically correct. They want to make money. They they don't they want to they don't want to hire people based on uh, you know warm fuzzy feelings. They want to hire the best of the best. Here is a quote from a, a venture capitalist on Twitter: "Things I care about as a venture capitalist: able to get stuff done, intelligent, ambitious, high grit, open minded and curious, ethical, nice. Things I don't care about: race, religion, gender, age, orientation, alma mater." Or past employers. There you go, dude. That's it. Fitting in is overrated, baby. Speak your mind, man. Speak your mind. The venture capital dudes, they, they're throwing money toward the innovations of this world. Silicon Valley, where would we be without the, the VCs of Silicon Valley? I am I, I don't well, first of all, I don't scapegoat anyone, but there's so many people like we gotta tax those guys to death. They're, they're the reason everything's going wrong. You know, they're the, they're the reason we have awesome technology and you can work from home and you only have to work four days a week. Okay, what else do we have? Ooh, I almost messed something up. I'm still almost messed something up here. Come on, don't mess up. All right, all right, we got people typing stuff there. Please remember, guys, you gotta do, you gotta do Bitcoin Meister. Bitcoin Meister for me to see it. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, Where's my? I just lost it for a second. I'm, I've got so many notes all over the place today. All right, so we did the we did the prediction. All right, yeah. Someone just sent me a message on Twitter. I can see. I, I find that completely annoying, and uh, that you're sending me a message like the, when the show is going on. That, I mean, if you care so much to send me a message, aren't shouldn't you be watching the show? Anyway, I don't know. I don't even know who it is. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll check that after the show. Let me see. Uh, there's my prediction. Oh, 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 sorry about that. Here, here's a prediction, not by me. Another prediction: this existing board structure is obsolete and can be influenced by Twitter mob. A new structure will emerge. That is from Michael, like Novogratz? No, no my, some I don't know who Michael Nov. And uh, he's that's very interesting. I agree with him that the. The current structure of board of directors, um, they can definitely be influenced by Twitter mobs. And yeah, that the, the structure should change, but it's not necessarily going to change at all. And people are still going to want to be part of those traditional companies that have board of directors. Now, I don't want to be that. I, I don't want to live in that, in that realm where Twitter mobs can influence boards of, boards of directors. It, it's pretty sad now that we've got supposed com competitive uh, companies out there and their board of directors can give in to all this Twitter mob, peer pressure, PC type of stuff and actually hurt the company, hurt, hurt the product. But I, I do hope that some companies see the weakness of that structure 
and go to something that cannot be affected by the Twitter mob, a governance structure of their company, which will not give in to these, uh, to, to, yeah, to the mob. <laughs> what was I, the term I was looking for? I've totally blown my mind. All right, moving on, the uh, virtue singlers, virtue singlers is what I wanted to say. But unfortunately, they're, they're virtual singlers on the boards, too. So, all right, we did that. Oh, here, I was, uh, I've talked about, and I'm going to talk about it more and more, not being a slave to the algorithm and how so many people out there, just whatever the algorithm tells them to look at it on Twitter, on, on Google, or I mean, anywhere, YouTube, they just blindly follow it. I was watching a Fraser Kane video. He had a guest on that talked about his Twitter account. So I go to the Twitter account of the guest. Now, of course, if I would have just blindly just followed the algorithm, the Fraser Kane video would have ended and YouTube would have told me some other videos to watch. I would have kept on watching more and more videos that YouTube told me to watch. But no, I get off of YouTube. I go to this dude's Twitter account because I'm actually paying attention. Uh, and I see on this, this dude's Twitter account, a guy I never heard of, he has an awesome link to alone in a crowded Milky Way, even in a galaxy teeming with star-hopping alien civilizations, uh, we should, should still harbor isolated, unvisited worlds, and Earth might be among them. And yeah, so it was a cool learning topic that I found by actually not following the algorithm. And it's about the Fermi paradox and why we don't see aliens um, if, if there really are incredibly intelligent aliens out there, they should be everywhere. We should, they, they should be here by now. But uh, this, this article shows why they maybe they did come by at one time and they just, you know, before we were even around <laughs> and they went by and then they went back to their main, uh, where the main bunches of them are. That, it, it, that there very much could be a tremendous alien civilizations out there but they don't have to have their tentacles in every corner at every possible minute that they might get smaller and bigger and their main, main bunch of them might be in a different part of the Milky Way. First of all, we don't – and again, the Fermi paradox is why don't we see them here, in, right here? But uh, once we get better technology, we might actually see – who knows what, what we might see out there. That's not the Fermi paradox. So anyway, the point is, is that I, uh, and it's an interesting article. You can read it too. And it'll show you that you're not just uh, blindly uh, going with the algorithm that tells, you know, whatever, whatever video is suggested after this is done, you, you actually check out my links and go to places and use your head. That's, that's what beating this algorithm is all about. Uh, it's just being smart, basically being uh, inquisitive and wanting to learn. Being a 20 percenter. Pound it, baby. Being productive. Uh, oh, so, yeah, I showed that uh, last week. I showed you guys that orange that I picked in Tucson because all these people were picking oranges. So it didn't taste good. No. <laughs> it tasted kind of tart. And uh, if you were a homeless person and you were hungry, it would be fine. But definitely not what I'm used to in oranges. It's probably how oranges used to taste naturally. When in you know, it was a wild orange. It was a wild orange, but uh, our, our taste buds have become used to these 
nicely bred oranges that uh, supermarkets sell. But, I mean, maybe if you like tart, but it, it, it was, it, I ate, I couldn't even eat the whole thing, it, but it was just not my style, definitely. All right, let's go to political noise right now. Uh, here's a little strategy from Michael Bloomberg out there. Bernie Sanders is, well, he's a socialist. <laughs> I mean, he's just a straight up, I mean, he's said communist things in the past. Bloomberg is a liberal, but he's definitely not a socialist. Bloomberg doesn't vilify uh, billionaires, but he, he's in the, in the Democratic primary right now. Uh, Joe Biden is considered the centrist, although he's not very centrist. So if I were Bloomberg, who has so much money, he should start buying uh, Bernie Sanders ads in the early states in uh, Iowa and New Hampshire, because Bloomberg isn't even trying in Iowa and New Hampshire. His whole strategy is to do the later states. So his strategy should be to make sure that Bernie Sanders wins the first two races so that Biden has to drop out and Bloomberg is the only centrist left. And then he starts to destroy Bernie Sanders. Just a strategy there. If Mike is listening, there's something for you right there. That That's a way Bloomberg can win. Uh, if, if Bernie Sanders somehow uh, dominates and uh, Biden drops out. But that's hard to do. But it's easier to do if Bloomberg buys. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know the legality behind that. Get some front group to, to buy Bernie Sanders ads and support Bernie Sanders for the first two races. Okay. And he should be. I, I think there should be no law against this. I, I, but there are all these silly uh, election laws. And... All right, California, speaking of uh, silly laws, first of all, pound that like button. Let me check, uh, let me check the chat if there were any. Uh, oh, there we go. There, was, there is a question over there. All right, Roman Q says, just imagine investing your hard-earned savings into these companies run by board members who are so easily influenced. Don't FOMO on stocks. Pound that like button, Roman Q. You said it better than I did. You really did. You should be doing this show right now. Thank you for that. That was awesome. All right. Late night, people are saying in the chat. Oh, here, we got another one. Leaf Sid, Bitcoin Meister, when you lived in Chile, did you speak Spanish? No, I did not. How is your Spanish level? Um, I, well, I've stayed in Chile for two months. So that's living in Chile, I guess, in Santiago. And you really don't need to speak Spanish there. I mean, well, the doorman, my Airbnb, which was so inexpensive, had a doorman. So he would try to talk to me. So that would have helped. But that person who owned my Airbnb spoke perfect English. What's my level of Spanish? I can understand. I, I can read it. I can read the signs. Um, I, I, I took it in high school and middle school. So... But I, I was never very good in languages at that stage in my life. I was learned Hebrew when I was younger. So it's, it's really better to learn languages, at least for me, when, when you're younger. I think for everyone it is. And when I, I never liked Spanish class. Um, to tell you guys the truth, I think I've mentioned this before. On occasion, even to this day, um, I will still have uh, nightmares about Spanish class that I'm being called on and I don't know the answer. Not that I like feared Spanish class, but I ne I just didn't like it. I didn't, I never felt totally comfortable in it because I, yeah, it wasn't that great in it. Um, and it's just my, my, my head is wired for 
numbers and stuff, not languages. But when you do become more relaxed and you travel around, um, it, it does come back to you. And I do feel comfortable in all the Spanish speaking countries, uh, getting around and reading the signs. And I've been able to understand people, what they're saying. And I've actually gotten used to the, the different accents, like in, in Uruguay and, and uh, in Argentina, especially, they say, zh, 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 zh. and I, I, I can tell the difference from what we're used to is the Mexican uh, accent here in America, <laughs> especially here in El Paso. Like I could walk to Mexico here if there wasn't like a big wall in the way. <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm right near University of Texas, El Paso. Look at the map and you'll see how close I am to uh, to Mexico right now. But but good question. I might know my Spanish. I wouldn't say I have a great. I can't speak it like I can't start conversing with you, but I can understand when people are talking it and I can definitely understand when it's written. And because of that, also, I when Portuguese is written, like when I'm in Brazil or, or Mozambique, I can say, you know, tell where I'm going with, with the signs and, and everything, because Portuguese is, is when you're reading it, it's similar to Spanish, at least. Uh, John Stamuel said, uh, Bitcoin Meister lived in Estonia and everyone speaks English, Estonian, Russian, uh, when they graduate high school. Yeah, man, that's one of the cool things about, especially that part of the world, uh, well, e even north of there, that Estonia, I know Estonia is not a Scandinavian country. I'm not getting confused, people. But in the nearby Scandinavian countries, uh, they all speak English really well. Like I told the story here before when I was in Iceland. And this woman comes up to me and she's like, uh, starts asking me questions in Icelandic. And I'm like, uh, what? I speak English. Sorry. And she's like, oh, can I have some money? <laughs> so even the bums in Iceland uh, speak uh, English. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people say, you know, Americans, you, you, why do you think everybody, everybody in different countries speaks your language? Well, it's. I got to tell you, I've been to a lot of countries and they do speak my language. <laughs> now, the Asian countries, they don't. The Asian countries, it's different. Um, but, I mean, you go to Israel, you start speaking English, they'll know English. Um, it's a good idea to know English if you want to do business, people. So if people can say, oh, I dislike Americans. They, they think they're so great because they think everybody speaks English. But, dudes, if you speak English, you've got an advantage. It's good to speak English. It's very good. When I'm in Portugal and I was at a Bitcoin meetup, it's in English. Okay. It, it, it's, it's just, it's the world reserve uh, business language. <laughs> I just made up a new term. Found that light fun. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. So good. thank you for typing in Bitcoin Meister people there. Let's get back to the regular scheduled program. California. Uh, the far left considers it backward to ban sexual relationships between consenting adults. And this person says, I agree, but enlightened to ban economic relationships between them. Yes. So maybe you've heard California is basically trying to ban freelancers or really heavily restrict freelancers. If you want to be a freelancer and not work full time for someone, why not? What, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong is that they're unions that want to destroy uh, Uber and they, they, they want it's, – it's, 
it shows the the political influence in California and uh, California Assembly Bill 5 or AB 5 prevents freelance writers, editors, and photographers from contributing more than 35 content submissions to a media organization per year. Why? Well, we want more full-time workers so they can be union members because the unions say so. This is ridiculous. Consenting adults should be able to work any way they want to for anyone. If they want to work for uh, corn, they should be able to work for corn, okay? It's, it's, it's mutually agreed upon. But so, it got, so now, of course, uh, magazines are losing or are going out of business, business in California. Uh, it's going to have an effect on Uber or on anyone that hires freelancers. It's going to increase the price of doing business. Thus, there'll be less business. And in the end, the consumer will lose out because there's going to be less choice and less innovation when, when the government interferes like this. Unfortunate, unfortunate. But yeah, it is funny how far left the sexual relationships between consenting adults. But no, no, you shouldn't ban anything. Any, any but no, let's ban uh, business relationships between consenting adults. Think about it. Pound that like button. All right, Flixbus. So here's my report on Flixbus. I took the Flixbus from Tucson to El Paso on Tuesday. And it, it seemed to be a little bit more narrow than the Bolt Bus or the – what's the other one called? The, the, the yellow one. I don't even know the, the name of the other one. What's it? Megabus. It seemed to be a little bit more narrow, probably a little bit dirtier. <laughs> but it got me there. Uh, there were some more stops. It, it, there were definitely more stops at smaller places. But it was organized very well. Now, there was a, a really obese man sitting behind me, and uh, he was breathing heavily the entire time and stuffing his face with food and drink. And at the breaks, he, he would go out and smoke a cigarette. And that was kind of sad. Uh, and it's, it's weird because I, I, I don't, it's just it's unfortunate. I mean, he was taking up two seats. Uh, he got off in New Mexico, by the way. Don't know if that means anything. Now, the opposite of that was me. I It took me an hour. Well, the bus station in Tucson was an hour away from where by walking. So I walked there with my luggage. Really good workout. Then uh, <laughs> when I got here to El Paso, I, I walked with my luggage. It's just, you know, it's just one suitcase. It's got a roller, but... You're walking up hills in El Paso. That's quite a workout too. Tucson's flat. El Paso's got got uh, hills, but yeah, that so that that's my report. Got me there. Really no problems. I made a workout of it, uh, getting there and uh, getting to my Airbnb. And I'm going to talk about. Hey, you should always do some uh, walking, so you don't end up like that guy that was sitting behind me. I mean, he was just the entire time. Well, before he got off in New Mexico. Uh, yeah, you just heard a dude breathing heavily, man. Poor, poor guy. Um, and uh, he seen, he looked, he, he appeared older than he really was. I, I assume. I assume. He, yeah, that that was sad. But uh, <laughs> anyway, t- personal responsibility is a new counterculture. People, take care of yourself. Don't end up like that dude. Because that dude's that he doesn't have too many years left. It looks like 
he was living a rough lifestyle. Had tattoos on him. A lot of impulsivity on that dude's part. So let, let's uh, change it to health here. Ten years ago, I never would have thought uh, that I would love cooking Brussels sprouts. And I love it now. I love if if you cook them right, uh, you mix them with some something like chicken, something where it can suck up the juices of an animal, of, of meat, of chicken, whatever. It the flavor, it tastes so good. They're so soft, and they take you know they'll taste like the chicken or the meat or the whatever. Oh, and they're they're very healthy for you. They actually are healthier when you cook them. If, if but you can't overdo them, but then they lose some of the health. So there's my recommendation. You never know because 10 years ago, uh, before I really got on my health uh, kick, I never would have predicted I'd eat Brussels sprouts at all. Did I cook rice Brussels sprouts? I really, I really like them a lot. I really there's there's a, there's a health tip of the day. Now, oh, now we might remember around Christmas time, a lot of people were complaining that YouTube was targeting. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency videos and taking them down and shutting people down. And, oh, it was the end of the world. And then, and I said, it's just the algorithm. There's probably a mistake with the algorithm. And, or that people are violating the kids. You know, some, they're trying, YouTube is trying to make things kids friendly. Okay. That's one way of it. And advertiser friendly. Okay. Uh, so they're, they're targeting you and they, they got an algorithm. They don't have a lot of people actually thinking and, and taking down videos, they, they make an algorithm. The algorithm just hits some things. And if it, if it overreaches, then they'll fix it. The whole situation only lasted like four days. I actually was affected for two days and no, it didn't affect me at all. I didn't lose any views or anything like that. Uh, but here's an article from Israel that talks about during that same period of time, every single uh, Rabbi Kahana video was taken down from uh, the great Rabbi Kahana uh, was taken down from YouTube and hasn't been reinstated, I don't think. I don't think any of them have been reinstated. Rabbi Kahana had nothing to do with Bitcoin. He actually was murdered in uh, 1990, I believe. So uh, <laughs> yes, there you go, paranoid people. Uh, they took down every Rabbi Kahana video also at the same during the same period of time. So don't think you're so special. Uh, we're, we're, don't be paranoid. They're not targeting Bitcoin and crypto. We're just a small little blip on uh, on the radar of of offensive videos, of potentially offensive videos, and we're not even offensive. Okay, uh, but and you got to understand, people. This is where the big boys play. They can make up any rules that they want to make up. And if you're a content creator, you've seen things change so much over YouTube over the last two three years. That you should expect that, you know, maybe I'll be next. Don't be surprised. Have some backups. Have some podcasts. Remember, all of my, you might be just listening to my podcast version of this show right now. Sportsmeister.com. You can listen to all these shows. You don't need to see my face. More regulations. Ima oh, imagine this. More regulations are going to cut down on something good. <laughs> no productivity when the government interferes. In Baltimore. Baltimore Airbnb rules. As Baltimore's new rules for Airbnb-style rentals take effect, city officials have licensed fewer rentals than first projected. Imagine that. Uh, the city council's 2018 uh, in, city, in 2018 passed strict regulations on renting out properties on Airbnb and other online platforms, 
as of Tuesday, it limits the number of rentals a host can operate and requires host register with the city authorities. The law also imposes a 9.5% hotel tax on those short-term rental stays. And of course, surprise, surprise, not many people are registering. There are not as many Airbnbs. People don't want to pay the extra money. It is cut down on the innovation. It is cut down on people coming to Baltimore. Baltimore needs tourism. Baltimore, Baltimore says they want business. Baltimore says they want new people, but they create some rules which cut down on the number of people that are coming to the city. And people, regular entrepreneurs in the city, able to make money. It's, it's so backward. It's so backward. And of all places that should, Baltimore should drop all its darn taxes, be, and people will flock there. But no, highest property taxes in the state of Maryland, ridiculous Airbnb restrictions. This is what you get. Personal responsibility is new counterculture for the people who stick around there, though. Um, you're, you're aware of the situation. There's just going to be more and more of these things. So if you don't want to live in a, a tax and spend environment, go, go to move to Boise, go move to here into El Paso. It's great. This place is growing. It is so safe here in El Paso, which is a, an odd contrast to Juarez across, across the border, which is very dangerous, but El Paso, there's like no crime here. It, it is amazing. It is amazing. And for all you freakazoids out there who say it has to do with uh, uh, your ethnic background or whatever, this is a very uh, ethnically uh, diverse area, to say, say the least. And it's, it is very safe. It is, it is very safe here. Uh, very family-oriented, apparently. So, All right. Now, oh, let's talk about Wexit. Again, it's, it's individuals that make decisions to be uh, bad apples. And uh, here, there's not a lot of people uh, acting like maniacs and trying to to fit into some. Uh, well, anyway, okay. It, you don't. It, it there are cultures out there. There are negative cultures out there. But you, just because it's the mainstream doesn't mean you have to try to fit into it. If if there's something evil, um, and everyone's doing it, doesn't mean you should do it. So it is based on individuality. If more people acted acted like individuals in these cities that are crime-ridden, they wouldn't be as crime-ridden. Stop being part of the board. It's take personal responsibility. Wexit. Wexit. That's in Canada, the Western provinces trying to secede, specifically uh, Alberta. Well, here's some news. The Wexit party granted eligibility for the next federal election. Group plans to have candidates in four provinces, and, and those four provinces are British Columbia, Alberta, uh, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, I got that right. Uh, look, this American knows the four Western provinces there. Uh, so this is good news for these dudes. They can run people. They have a real party now that can run in these elections, that can spread the word. They want Alberta and the other provinces to secede. It says the party's stated goal is to push for a referendum that would withdraw Alberta from the Confederation. Uh, from there, the party plans to establish its own defense force and police and currency and elect a president of Alberta. Well, good luck to them. I, I support secession. I support it in the United States. If a state wants to leave, they should leave. And if Alberta wants to join the United States, they, they can. I, I would welcome them. And I've said, you know, as a compromise, Alberta and Puerto Rico could join the United States. 
So Democrats and Republicans can both get a state ugh, if, they, if they care so much about that stuff. Uh, all right, we got a question from Roman Q. Western Canada has strong conservative culture. Even the recent immigrants embrace the culture. Do you see independence movement growing in the 2020s? Yes. Yes. I also say that Alberta, they're just a very independent people. I don't know if conservative is the word. I, I, um, they were very much into Bitcoin. Those dudes in, uh, uh, in, in uh, I forgot, what's the day? <laughs> in, of course, Edmonton and uh, Edmonton and Calgary, but then the, the city in between, what's, what's, I get red, red, uh, red deer, and red deer too. Oh, how can I forget the third largest city in Alberta? Pound that like button. It's late at night here, dude. They're in the same time zone I am now. I'm in that time zone, mountain time zone. What's up? But yeah, I, I do think um, I do think more. Uh, we'll see more secession movements all over the world, independence movements, and I think someone will finally be successful in the 2020s. I don't think anyone's been successful yet, notably successful at least. Okay, in 1602, here, here's a tweet. In, oh, we got another one from Roman Q before I say what happened in 1602. In our last election, every district in Alberta and Saskatchewan went conservative. Yeah, I, I remember hearing something like that. I really got to visit Saskatchewan one of these days. Um, Regina and, and, Saska and uh, Saskatoon. And I want to visit uh, Winnipeg also in, in Manitoba. And I don't, I don't foresee British Columbia seceding but i guess british columbia is one of those like oregon like portland things where like the big bulk of the land is conservative people but then the city the concentrated uh population in the city is liberal people so maybe british columbia could secede and then uh, vancouver could secede from british columbia i, I don't know i don't know um, all right. I loved, I loved, uh, Vancouver though. I, I, I thought it was a great place. It was so be beautiful there too. Really beautiful stuff. Uh, uh and safer than American cities to, to say, but okay, let, let's keep focused. Take it one step at a time. Alberta secede. I love you guys in Winnipeg and Red Deer and, uh, and at Winnipeg Woo gosh! in Edmonton and Calgary. And red deer, <laughs> but Winnipeg, I want to visit in Manitoba. Uh, please hope I didn't confuse anything else earlier. Edmonton and Calgary, that is where I have been. And red deer, long live Alberta! Oh, and I have quite, I went to Banff thanks to my buddies there. Good guys, good guys in Alberta, good fans of the show there. Thank you all. All right, in 1602, Captain James Lancaster ran an experiment to, and, and by the way. I think all you people in Alberta know that most Americans from the East Coast will would have will have no clue about all the stuff I just said. Just like no, comp they couldn't tell you where Alberta is on a map. Uh, they couldn't tell you that um, Edmonton's in Alberta. <laughs> they they might even not they might not even know what Edmonton is what, what it is. Um, definitely never they never would have been to. Uh, Alberta, most East Coast people like me. But hey, man, travel around, people. Expand. Expand your brain. Expand your geography. And Roman Q says, Alberta is the Texas of Canada. Totally agree. And as, as I said before, Edmonton is the Austin 
of, uh, of, of Canada. Because <laughs> Edmonton's the capital, uh, but Edmonton's got like some freaky Austin type vibe to it, at least during the summer. And I just saw a picture of like the rally there, all, all the, or it was in Calgary or Edmonton, the rally they had, and everyone is all bundled up. I, I mean, I don't know how you dudes do that. I don't know how you guys do that. In 1602, Cap, Captain James Lancaster ran an experiment to eliminate scurvy and found citrus was key. By 1865, that's like 260 years later, the British Board of Trade finally adopted policies mandating citrus to eliminate scurvy in merchant marines. Even when solutions are obvious, we have issues adopting them, is what the tweet concludes. Well, I say this, countries are the slowest to act, okay? So if you as an individual know of a solution to a problem, don't wait for your, your country to say, okay, yeah, now that's that, that's that's what we're recommending. This is our food pyramid now. Oh, sorry, we were wrong with the food pyramid for 100 years. You should have been eating this. A lot of people out there right now, when they hear that you know you can eat fat, fat is all right, not trans fat, but fat is all right. They're no, no. It, this the government says bread. You know, bread, bread, bread. People are hooked on what the government says. It's out there. The answer is already out there. Just like the cure for scurvy was already out there for 200 years, but people waited around for the government to make it official. Okay, don't wait around for that, people. Um, do your own research. Find out what is true. Don't go mainstream. Don't follow that mainstream algorithm. Don't be an 80 percenter. Think for yourself. I, I, now I said two things have come together at once. I keep delaying this tweet by Tour de Meester, which shows that uh, Amazon has these electric vehicles, electric trucks now. They, they bought a bunch of electric trucks. And I have seen these when I'm running. And it made me think that Amazon should be a postal service. And then Scott Adams says in his a video that he did recently that Amazon should buy the postal service. Yes, yes, they'll be able to run it more efficiently. Let them buy the postal service so the government will get, be compensated and that they will do it better. They do it, I see them all over, just dropping up those packages, very efficient, one place to another, going real fast. They've got electric vehicles, they're clearly... They bought a bunch of them. They're planning for bigger and better things. Innovation. I do not vilify those dudes. I I, I applaud. And, and there was an article, and I, I didn't link to it. I didn't even read it, but it was uh, alluded to in Drudge that the that they were trying to vilify this, saying that the, the tech companies have become bigger trillionaires now. Amazon and Microsoft and Apple. Good. They're producing good products. They're they're innovating. Compete. Don't complain. I want to see more and more awesome products that are making life comfortable as we enter this golden age. And next, oh, something that I did today that took a little bit of conviction and was exercising. And I went to synagogue here, the, the Chabad here in in Alberta, in, not in El Paso. I don't even know where I am now. It was 5.7 miles away. But I did it. I walked uphill. A lot of it was uphill. 5.7 miles. Got there in plenty of time. Then walked back 5.7 miles. So I walked close. I, I walked 12 miles today because I 
took a little detour and another point. I feel fine. Did I did not do my running today. This is my day off for running. One of my days off for running. I take at least two days off of running during the week. Um, but yeah, I I told the I contacted them. I said I'm going to come. I'm going to come to your show every Saturday. So I'll do that. I'll walk it. Uh, it's the furthest I've ever had to walk uh, to go to synagogue during my uh, during my synagogue uh, my recent synagogue visits. This last uh, what now since. Since November of 2018, I've been doing this. Uh, so, yeah, that was good. I felt accomplished afterwards. I'm like, yeah, I made it, man. It was 5.8 miles. It gives you a sense of accomplishment. When you you, you think about those stories that you hear uh, grandparent-type people say, I used to walk two miles to go to school through the snow. Well, and then you're, you're pretty happy. Like, I beat that. I walked 5.8 miles uphill in the blistering freaking sun of El Paso. Man. This is Sun City, all right. It's called the Sun City. It is really sunny here. I mean, I tried to put my hoodie on and stuff, and I didn't get tan. I didn't thank God I didn't get a burn or anything like that. I was hiding from that sun here in Sun City. Lovely place, lovely scenery when you get up high, too. You can see the valley. I, I assume you can see New Mexico and Mexico um, from certain angles. All right, so yeah, I did that. That's conviction, baby. And so at, at, at Synagogue today, I met some very nice people. I told them I would mention them on the Beyond Bitcoin show today. They were interested in Bitcoin. If you guys were watching, great to meet you. Very nice, uh, beautiful, beautiful shul up there. They're expanding it. Good for them. Good for Chabad. Chabad is awesome. All right. A couple more tweets here. Uh, how long have I been doing this show? I don't even know. Wait, let, me, let me see what, what, what time we're at here. Maybe there won't be a couple more. Oh, 45 minutes. Okay, we'll, we'll get we'll get this in under an hour, baby. Pound that like button for Beyond Bitcoin shows. For They're like an hour, it seems like. Your competition isn't other people. Your competition is your procrastination, your ego, the unhealthy food you're consuming, the books you're not reading, the knowledge you neglect, the negative vibes you hold on to. Compete against that. Yeah, baby. Eliminate that stuff, dudes. Uh be in motion. Another Twitter uh, inspirational tweet. The real glass ceiling is people who want you to fail. Cut them out. Wall them off. Get to work. Don't let those trolls slow you down, people. Don't let those trolls. Ignore the trolls. Cut them out. Now, some people, I, I let the trolls keep posting because I can just ignore them and stuff. But if you let trolls get you down or you let troll-like people get you down in real life, you got to eliminate them from your life got to eliminate because that is a glass ceiling in, in a sense that does hold people back the people that says that 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 like there are sick people out there 33 percent of all people out there want you to fail it, it's 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 horrifying it's hard i mean that's that's such a bad way to live uh, people get their jollies from wanting to see other people fail compete don't complain worry about your sick self but you you do well for yourself why do you have to see other people fail other people down to your sick little level all right, get ready for 10-hour blackouts in South Africa. That's linked to below. JC sent me that one. That's that's what happens when the government interferes in uh, the power company and hires people that aren't uh, competent. There's something called the Chatwood Index out there that measures 
it's a better cost of living index than the government's, okay? Now, it says uh, the Chatwood Index reflects the true cost of living increases in America, updated and released twice a year. It reports the unadjusted actual uh, cost of price fluctuations of the top 500 items on which Americans spend their after-tax dollars in the 50 largest cities in the nation. Now, I'm going to say this. If you actually buy all 500 of these items, then, yeah, you're, in, in, you're experiencing inflation. You're experiencing inflation no matter what's how much worse than others. You're experiencing inflation. But I've mentioned this before. You don't have to be an 80 percenter and buy every single darn thing. If you look at this list, you can avoid a lot of these things that have gone up a lot in price. OK, and thus you're not experiencing that that aspect of the printing of the dollar. OK, the dollar is keep printing it. You can avoid some of these 500 items. OK, and not be. Uh, first of all, instead of buying some of these 500 items, you should be buying Bitcoin and then who you're, you're gaining that. Okay. You're gaining wealth. You're that's a real asset spending on all this nonsense out there. It's end stage. You're losing. That's it. That's the end of productivity when you consume and most of these things are ridiculous, but yes, it it is in terms of 80% or lifestyle. Yeah, there, there's inflation. <laughs> there's inflation, but you don't have to live that lifestyle. But check it out. Study the Chatwood Index. Compare it to what the government says the, the, the inflation is. All right. That is the end. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Uh, remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Uh, check out all the links below. And follow me on Twitter, TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Spread the word over there. Remember, we got a new show here every day. Saturday is Beyond Bitcoin, and Friday is This Week in Bitcoin. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. See you tomorrow for your regular One Bitcoin show. Thanks a lot. I'll say hi to you in the chat. Bye.